Welcome and thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Because of Grace with your host, Diana Carroll. Together, through discussions, interviews, and Diana's devotional insights, we will plunge into the unsearchable depths of God's abundant grace. It is Diana's hope that through Bible-focused teaching, God will grant hope to the hopeless and rest to the weary. Now, here's Diana. Thank you for joining me today. I am Diana Carroll, and this is Because of Grace, a radio program to give hope to the hopeless, rest to the weary, and encourage those who are discouraged. It's where we can find strength when we're weak and hurting, all because of God's grace. Our theme verse is 2 Corinthians 12, 9, which says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. I was a pastor's wife for 20 years until my husband of 26 years left this world in 2002 after battling pancreatic cancer, which is a whole nother story. I was then and still am excited about teaching ladies Bible studies and Sunday school for women and children. I taught women trapped in substance abuse in Utah for over six years, holding weekly Bible studies at the House of Hope residential facility. I started homeschooling my children over 38 years ago when this type of education was really not very popular. Now I have the privilege of helping my daughter tutor and homeschool some of her children. Teaching is a passion for me. I have continued to follow that passion in my later years by writing a blog called Diana's Diary. Devotionals I began writing in 2009 with the help of my daughter, Danae Martins, a pastor's wife here in Spanish Fork, Utah. My son, Mark Moffat, a Christian business owner in Utah, encouraged me to write a book. And then my son, John Moffat, a pastor in Tennessee, helped me put the book together. The book is entitled Discovering Grace and Despair, which you can find on Amazon. Nearly four years ago, Key Radio asked me to read and record some short two-minute devotionals. My son John and my grandson Titus helped me put the recordings on a two-minute podcast called Discovering Grace with Diana Carroll on Spotify. Now I've been invited to host Because of Grace on Key Radio. I'm so deeply thankful for the people of Key Radio, their evident love for Christ, and this opportunity to share the gospel. My purpose for doing this show and soon podcast is to encourage women and men that they can survive the trials of this life. You might ask, but how, Diana? My answer, because of God's grace. Single mom, you can care for your children because of his grace. Divorced person, you can continue to carry on because of grace. The dear person hurting from the death of a loved one, you can endure moving forward because of God's grace. It will sustain you. I want to talk today about the seasons of life. We go through many seasons of life, and no matter what season it may be, we can survive because of his marvelous grace. One season of life was my growing up years. I grew up in the high desert of Southern California with Sticker bushes, lots of sand, snakes, juniper bushes, and Joshua trees. They are pretty prickly, and at certain times of the year, they have a large white bloom that appears. 
I wouldn't call them a beautiful tree, but they are necessary for some birds to nest in and lizards to make their home. And it's against the law to destroy them in any way. Growing up, my father was an alcoholic and would hide liquor bottles everywhere in our house, our garage, or in his little truck. He worked very hard at his job. But the funny thing was he managed a liquor store. Not a very good idea for an alcoholic. I would hear my parents argue over money a lot, and I knew my dad would start fights with my mom so that he could leave and go get drunk. When I got older, I realized some things he had experienced during World War II were devastating and complex for men to recover from. So, drinking was his only way of coping with life and the memories of war. I have one brother, and he's five years older than me, with an explosive temper and abusive tendencies. I was afraid of him, and sometimes I'm ashamed to say I hated him. I know that sounds a little harsh, but it was true. I was so glad when he was sent to juvenile hall, to jail, or even prison, because I felt safe at my home. My mother and I sometimes visited him on Sundays whenever we could, so we didn't attend church very often. My brother and I are friends now and talk on the phone pretty regularly. Forgiveness is a blessing that all of us should experience. As a young child, I sometimes went to church with my girlfriend across the street, but they soon stopped and everything spiritual ended in my life. My grandparents were sweet, loving grandparents that loved and served the Lord, but they lived in Kansas City, Missouri, not close enough to grow in the knowledge of Christ. They prayed for me and wanted me to know God. By the time I reached my teenage years, another season of life, I didn't want to attend church. I was a pretty good kid, but at 19, I was in an abusive relationship that almost cost me my life. My dear mother approached me one day and said, Diana, you need to go to church. It sounded a little hypocritical because she didn't go, but it was true. I had already contemplated suicide, so my mom knew I needed help. The following Sunday, I went to church and heard the pastor talk about being free from guilt of bitterness and hatred. He said there was hope for me through Christ and that God forgives all your sins when you put your trust in him. That was the best news I'd ever heard. I could finally be free from the ugly feelings and sins I'd been holding on to for years. I definitely wanted to be free that morning. I trusted Christ. He produced a hope in me that I couldn't explain, but I knew he was guiding me. He gave me peace and placed in my heart forgiveness for my brother and the husband that had terribly abused me. It was the best day of my life. I finally realized what Jesus did for me on the cross. He paid for my sins, bitterness, hatred, and took my guilt away. I have never been sorry for that life-changing day over 50 years ago. Because of his grace, we all are in some season of life. King Solomon wrote these words in Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. If you have a Bible handy, please read along with me. To everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born and a time to die 
a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. Every season has a purpose, according to Romans 8.28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to His purpose. What does all things work together for good according to His purpose mean? Well, it doesn't necessarily mean right now. The good part is, when we see Christ at the end of life, He's already worked everything out for us, our salvation, and being able to spend eternity in heaven with Him. Christ is more than any sinner could ever ask for, and to be in heaven with God, shedding no more tears, having no more sorrow or pain. What a gift! That is for our good and his purpose. All the trials, heartaches, and difficulties we have suffered here on earth will one day be over, but only for those who have put their faith and trust in Christ and what he did for them on the cross. Then and only then will joy completely, perfectly, and eternally fill our hearts for what Christ has given us. Seasons are a period of time, or it's a certain time of year, like springtime. Have you noticed that springtime has a different smell than winter? There are so many scents in the air, new flowers, freshly cut grass, one of my favorites, and the rich aromas of the earth, to name a few. The days begin to get longer and the air becomes warmer. It's time for new birth for plants, animals, and birds. Summertime, as a child, you can hardly wait for the warm days of summer to come, and you can play outside after a long, cold winter, go swimming, eat ice cream, celebrate the 4th of July, and travel on vacation. Summer's fun. Autumn or fall, I love the fall season, the changing of the leaves, crisp air, wearing sweaters, harvest parties, smells of baking all kinds of bread and sweets with cinnamon and a pumpkin pie fragrance that fills your home. The fun part of fall is that I get to keep all my fall decorations up for a long time. God has given us fall to begin to prepare us for winter. Winter time means shorter days, colder nights, and the lovely sight of the first snow. Now I know shoveling snow is not always the joy of our hearts, but it is a season that God has prepared for us in life's journey. And for some, winter is long and hard, and others would define winter as a little cooler, but not harsh. You're listening to Because of Grace with our host, Diana Carroll, author of Discovering Grace in Despair, which can be found on Amazon. For grace-filled devotionals, teaching, and more, visit dianasdiary.com. That's dianas with two n's, diary.com. Now here's Diana with the rest of today's broadcast. We are all in a season of life that God has prepared for us 
a time or purpose in our lives that we can trust God in, whether it be a season of pain and heartache or a season of change and growth. All seasons have their purpose, and we as Christians must trust God in His divine plan for us in the season of life that He has sovereignly designed for us. I read somewhere that the present life expectancy of an American woman is 79 years. Maybe you've already outlived this timeline, praise the Lord. Someone has divided these years into six 15-year segments and correlated it to a day. These are not my thoughts. I read them somewhere. If you know who wrote this, please let me know so I can credit to whom it is due. From 0 to 15, we call it the dawn. How appropriate a newborn baby is the dawning of the day. From 16 to 30 is morning till noon. From 31 to 45, noon. I guess that's why they call it midlife. From 46 to 60, afternoon till twilight. From 61 to 75, the evening. And from 76 on is nightfall. As a woman who falls into the evening age range, I'm encouraged to think of my life in these terms because marvelous things happened in the evening time of my life. I have had many blessings in the evening. If you're in the evening segment of the timeline, hopefully you've become content with your life. 1 Timothy 6, 6-8 through 8 says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. The Bible identifies contentment as a virtue, goodness, and a command. Do not worry. Matthew 6:32 and 33 talks about, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Well, what things, Diana? Everything you need. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. The Apostle Paul found the secret to contentment and speaks of it in his letter to the Philippians. The word content or contentment used in Philippians 4.11 is also in 2 Corinthians 12.9, which says, My grace is sufficient or enough for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Contentment comes in knowing Christ and in trusting that he is enough to supply your every need. In his wisdom, he always knows what is best for us and has the power to bring it about through his sovereignty. Nothing's too large or too small to escape the almighty hand of God. We as humans don't always understand what God is doing, and sometimes we question his ways. Paul understood this great truth about God's sovereignty and goodness. He knew everything was in God's hands, and we are not to manipulate people or situations to get what we want. Are you content with whatever you have? Or are you living solely to see God meet your needs and wants and change your circumstances? I hope we learn to have confidence in God's sovereign care of us and trust him through the difficult times of our life. The result will be evident. Godliness with contentment is great gain, 1 Timothy 6, six. Second Corinthians 3.5 says, Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, 
but our sufficiency is from God. In his contentment, we find strength, and in his power, we can withstand all things or all seasons of life. Paul wrote, Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Philippians 4, 11-13 Sometimes we get enamored with the lifestyles of the rich and famous in the world. But true contentment comes from God, not from being rich or famous. 1 Timothy 6, 9 explains, But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Most likely, you live a pretty peaceful life with a calmness that has settled you and brought you joy in the simple things of life. James 3.17 says, But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. In this calm and peaceful life, you can laugh at yourself and with others. Proverbs 17.22 says, A joyful heart is good medicine but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. I love to laugh, and I try to laugh often. A good laugh makes me feel better. That's why I love having grandchildren around me, because they make me laugh, and they make me laugh hard. In the evening time of your life, you accept the restrictions upon your body and the limitations of your spouse. You can now rest in Christ and the sovereignty of his will and purpose. The evening time of your life comes faster than you can imagine. One day you are riding a bike in your neighborhood, and the next day, or it seems that way, you can no longer ride a bike. There are prayers of contentment needed in the evening time of life. We think about the obvious changes in our appearance, like, oh, my gray hair. Maybe even the metapausal weight gain around the middle, or those crow's feet around the eyes. We're challenged with the changes in our health, arthritis, bunions, back problems, and so much more. We need prayer for the changes in our relationships. How tragic is a divorce, the loss of a spouse, which I have suffered, or the loss of a child? We sometimes think about the changes yet to come and the fear of the unknown. Are you struggling with the seasons of life that God has intended for you? Maybe you've asked God, why is this happening? And what is the reason or purpose for this? Scripture says to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. There is a battle inside you for control, starting from the beginning of your Christian life. Submitting your life to someone, namely God, sounds impossible, unthinkable, and even a little far-fetched at times. If you're stubborn and you think you will not submit to anyone or anything, you're wrong. You will always submit to someone or something, which can be extremely dangerous for you. Each of us has a season of life that God has prepared for us. In this season of our lives, we can trust God, whether it be a season of pain and heartache or change and growth. 
All seasons have their design planned by God. Trusting God in times of trouble can be burdensome, and I would not want to say it is not. But knowing that He has a purpose for the times of adversity in our lives is a matter of trusting God by faith. And faith is a gift of God. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. When we trust Christ, the Word of God comes alive in our hearts and creates the faith needed to allow Him to rule, not giving way to feelings of anxiety, depression, or fear. We must trust God even though we do not feel like doing so. Think about this. Has God ever lied to you or not kept His promises? Has He withheld His love from you or abandoned you? Remember, His mercies are new every morning, and His compassions are never-ending. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23 Our goal here on Because of Grace is to point others to Christ, our only hope for salvation, and to rest in Him and His extraordinary gift of eternal life while trusting that God has everything under control. Until we meet again, may our Lord bless you as you serve Him because of His amazing grace. Thank you for joining us for Because of Grace with Diana Carroll. We trust that through our study of God's Word and His abundant grace, you've received hope and rest to your weary soul. For more information about Diana and her ministry, visit dianasdiary.com. That's dianas with two n's, diary.com. You can also revisit this broadcast via Spotify and check out Diana's two-minute devotional, Discovering Grace, as well. It's been a privilege being with you today, and until next time, rest in the goodness of God's grace. Because of Grace is a ministry of Diana Carroll and a production of Key Radio.